Hello, Yogi. Welcome to my podcast. I'm Aiko, and on this show, we explore ways to put spiritual theory into sustainable practice. Hey, Sham, welcome again. Thank you. Here we are speaking about the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. Uh, we are reading the version from Edwin Bryant. And uh, today we're going to speak about the Sutra 23. 229, which are the definition of God, right? Yes, it's, um, it's the section about devotion to God and God will be defined. So maybe we can give a brief recap about the section we said last time. Yes, so it was talking about the kind of different stages of samadhi and also the kind of stages before samadhi, you know, like leading the stages leading up to samadhi and um, samadhi which is uh, this kind of final uh, resting in one's own self like liberated from suffering it is described how one gets there by applying oneself very uh, fervently with kind of determination to eradicate all thought so it's it's kind of it's like a kind of a tough path It, it means to kind of peel off all the layers from ourselves, everything that is not like really us, just, you know, all kind of impressions we have from, from the past that are just there. Defining, defining us. Yeah. So then in this section, uh, an, an alternative is presented. So like you can either like try by your own determination to kind of just separate out your pure self from all the superfluous things surrounding it. Or, it says here in this first sutra here, like, or you can like uh, absorb yourself in, in Ishvara. So Ishvara will, will be defined here. Yeah, usually Patanjali is very kind of specific and quote-unquote scientific. But, but, and here it's the only part where he actually speaks about devotion and bhakti. So what he's saying about Ishvara? Yeah, so after this, uh, the first sutra in this section, which maybe I should say the Sanskrit also, Ishvara Pranidhanatva, which this translates to, or from devotion to the Lord, meaning like you can attain all those states simply by devotion to the Lord. So now he begins to define in uh, define Ishvara in, in three sut sutras. So he begins by saying, Klesha karma vipaka shayair Aparamrsta Purusha Vishesha Ishvara. The Lord is a special soul. He is untouched by the obstacles, karma, the fructification of karma, and subconscious predispositions. So this is the first sutra uh, defining Ishvara. So it's saying he's a special soul, because earlier here in the Yoga Sutras, it, it has it has been said that our goal is to to rest. In the self to kind of live in one's own self and so here it's saying that like when it says that the lord is a special soul it means he is like us but he is special and he's special in the sense that he is untouched by the obstacles like the obstacles we face to, to, to yoga practice like he is meaning that he is resting in in his own self all the time and so he is untouched by by karma And the fructification of karma, like actions and the reactions to the actions and 
subconscious predispositions and those are all those things that we are entangled in. In the next sutra, Patanjali says, Tatra niratishayam sarvagya bijam. In him, the seed of omniscience is unsurpassed. So the seed of omniscience, this like the term seed here is, is used. Every everyone knows something. So you have you have the seed, and what grows from the seed can, uh, grows through through many stages. And everyone is somewhere along that kind of continuum, but in in Ishvara, this seed is unsurpassed, meaning that he is at he is at the you know at the very end of that continuum. So he knows everything, like he knows what everyone else knows and more. Here it says also that in the seed, all the knowledge is contained. So everything is inside, actually, this seed. But in our process, we can't see it fully. But Ishvara, who is inside, who is the seed, he knows the absolute truth, right? Yes, like he is the absolute truth and he knows himself, so he knows the absolute truth. <laughs> right. Then in the next sutra, sutra 26, Patanjali says, Sav purvesham api guru kalena navachedat. Ishvara is also the teacher of the ancients because he is not limited by time. So this... Um, reminds us of something we read in the Bhagavad Gita, where Krishna tells Arjuna, I was teaching this to the sun god at the beginning of creation. And Arjuna asks him, but like, how can you be, like, you are, like, you and I are the same age. How can, how can, how could you be, have been teaching this to the sun god? And um, Krishna says, you and I have had many, many lives, but the difference between you and me is that I remember them and you don't. And that's very similar here to this section. Like it's like uh, there is not a big distinction made made by God and other souls. Like he is like us, but he's a bit special. So he's the ultimate teacher, basically. He has been the teacher of all our teachers. Yes. Because he has eternally been in that state, which is the goal for of of yoga practice. Mm. So everyone who has anyone who has ever practiced practiced yoga, he has always been before them <laughs> in the place where they want to go. Mm. And uh, one beautiful thing about these uh, defining sutras here is that they are kind of general. They make very important points about the, the differences between us and Ishvara. But it doesn't go too much into detail, so it could work for any, for anyone of any religion, really. A Christian could, could uh, like apply these things to, and, and like while thinking of Jesus, and of course uh, all different types of Hindus, like the Shaivites or Vaishnavas or any other. So it's... So, like the, the kind of general things are given, and Monsbru commented that 
the, spe the specifics will be figured out in the dynamic between the, the student and the teacher. Beautiful. So the next sutra is describing Ishvara as a pranava, which is the first sound, sound Aum. Yes, the, the first sound. It's, it's kind of thought to be the kind of original sound vibration in the universe. Um, and also uh, that it, it is actually coming from beyond this universe. The sutra says, Tasya Vachaka Pranava. The name designating Ishvara is the mystical syllable Om. So, so even though Om uh, appears to be made of like like a syllable made of sounds that we we recognize from from this world, like that is said to be only in appearance. That that actually Om, like when you when you say Om and meditate on on Ishvara, it's it's not just a conventional word like like when we say book and we think of this thing with pages and and uh, and, and so on uh, that it's just a word that we have decided that 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 means that and we could just use some other word or say it in some other language but this om is is thought to be uh, like actually directly connected with ishvara himself or being directly Ishvara himself. So the next sutra is saying what what we should do with this Om. Tad japas tad arta bhavanam. Its repetition and the contemplation of its meaning should be performed. So the, the Sanskrit word here for repetition is uh, japa. And japa is ultimately something that is done silently in the mind one can do and also and actually it is recommended to first do it uh, verbally and then kind of whisperingly so first you do it verbally um, until you have the focus then you can do it more quietly whispering and then when you have the focus in that method then you can do it just in the mind and it will be more more powerful because you, you will be more focused and you should also do this while contemplating the meaning of Om, which which would be these details that were stated here in the previous sutras, like like the meaning, like the, the definition of Ishvara as this special soul who has always been resting in his own being and beyond time. And Monsbru mentioned that. If it is if it is done without cont contemplating its meaning, so it may either become kind of dry and mechanic, or it may become something naive. Mm. Yeah, and I guess whoever is listening, our podcast knows the power of the mantra Om and the chanting of the mantra Om. I I often say this story to my students when I explain the meaning of. Uh, the mantra Om and the chanting that once when I was in India uh, we went to visit an Ayurvedic uh, farm where this Ayurvedic doctor had all his herbs and plants and this and that and uh, we went in his little cabin for for a class and um, 
we we all chanted the mantra om together and after we chanted he pointed at someone and say what you have in mind now what are you thinking and he said nothing and then he pointed at someone else and say what are you thinking and she also say nothing and he said and this is the power of the mantra om and that's why we i always want to chant it before starting a class because it has the power to cleanse out all our thoughts and everything so we can start the class with a purified mind thank you for sharing that <laughs> and yes like like we also are, like before we record these podcast sessions we first mm-hmm. say mantras like just you know you and me without recording yeah. them but to kind of clear 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 the atmosphere clear the mind and mm-hmm. so we can get a an auspicious beginning to our session mm-hmm. so the last sutra for today is uh text 29 here tata pratyak chetanadhigamopi antaraya bhavascha from this comes the realization of the inner consciousness and freedom from all disturbances and here um i found also mons bru's uh, commentary very inspiring he he says that because ishvara is like us when we meditate on him through this syllable om then like as we get to know him through that we also get to know ourselves because we are of a similar nature so so it's it's beautiful uh, like this this kind of alternative to the to the other path mentioned in the in the in the previous set of sutras that require so much kind of arduous effort to to try to liberate yourself from all the constraints you you meditate on him who is has always been free of those and you get to know him and then at the same time you get to know yourself and and the things will the outer coverings will kind of come off from you uh, as a byproduct so, sort of yeah and in the next section we're going to speak more about what these obstacles are from sutra 30 to 39 but we're going to first have a christmas break So I guess the next episode is going to be in January, right? Yeah, we said that. Yeah, yeah, we will start f- fresh with the new year. So yeah, hopefully a better year for the world with less war and more happy people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh yeah, so until then, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year or whichever traditions you follow maybe happy hanukkah uh yeah and see you soon thank you for listening bye i hope this episode fulfilled its purpose of inspiring you if you like it feel free to share it give a review or a rating subscribe and if you have any question please get in touch at aikoota.com